What a, what a, this whole series, we've been doing a series called the book of Hebrews, and we've been going chapter by chapter, and today is the last chapter. And the book of Hebrews really is about Jesus. What we've just been singing, the whole book of Hebrews has been about that song, that Jesus is far better, that the Lord saves, that we can put our trust and hope in Jesus. So hope you have enjoyed our series on um, going through chapter by chapter. So here we are, the last chapter, chapter 13. That's right, we did it. We got this far. And, you know, here's the thing. We all have passions. Uh, you know, when, you're, when we're younger, well, some of you still have this passion, but when I was younger, I used to have a lot of passion for music. You know, you know I had the latest mixtapes. Remember the cassette tapes? Remember cassette tapes? If you're under the age of 30 in this room, you probably have no idea what we're talking about. In fact, I not only had a mixtape, but I also had a mixed VHS tape. And if you're really under the age of three, you have no idea what I mean by VHS tape, right? The video cassette tape that I would play and I would, uh, every Saturday mornings I would record my favorite songs from RTR, Ready to Roll. Remember RTR? Ready to Roll. And I'll, be, and I'll record it on videotape and I have my, like, the latest sounds, 1990. The latest sounds, 1991. It's pretty strange. I was only born in 19... No, just kidding. I wasn't. These are my mixed videotapes. But then as, as we get older, our, um, our passions change, right? And as I got older, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I just kind of noticed I stopped listening to music and more talkback. And then podcasts. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anyway, anyway so maybe it's just me. But here's the thing, you know, for, there was a season when everybody in New Zealand drove Japanese imported cars, and our radio frequencies only had limited bandwidth. And for whatever reason, all my favorite radio stations, it wasn't on this bandwidth because it was very limited. So I never listened to any of my favorite radio stations. Oh, well, what else is there to listen to, right? So talk back, and, and I'm looking for these things. Now it's, it's podcasts. But I, just recently, just recently, last couple of years, I got a brand new car, and the car had a, had a radio station that has all the bandwidth. And so, you know, I thought to myself, I'm going to listen to my favorite radio stations, the one I used to listen to 10, 15 years ago. So I put it on, and you know what? You know what I noticed when I listened to the, the, my old favorite radio station? Every song that was playing on the radio had this little bleeped part in it. And the, this little bleep part in it was like, was, I knew that, oh, th this song has a swear word in it. And I was going, oh, man. Okay, then the next song, same thing. Then song after song, you know, when I was growing up, it was like gangster rap, right? NWA, you remember, anyway, and all these other things, uh, Public Enemy, and all these kind of, these, these, uh, these groups, they had now, you've got these slow R&B songs and all these things, all got these blips in it. And I was, seriously, after, honestly, after two days, I couldn't take it anymore. I said, I can't listen to this music. The reason I, I, I love the style, the reason I can't listen to it, because I know what it means. And it's not good for me. So I switched it over, and I, went, and I went to this other radio station, a Christian radio station that I never used to like listen to 15 years ago because the style of music wasn't my style. I flipped over to it because there's nowhere else, and I went to it, and praise God, it was amazing. It's called Life FM. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's a good Christian radio station. And honestly, and it filled my soul. It's my favorite radio station. I listen to it every morning. But here's the thing. We have been, society have been desensitized to things that used to offend us has now become the norm, right? Things like, like uh, I remember watching, um, anybody ever seen this movie that was made in 1979? You know, it was called Mad Max. And, I, and it was starring Mel Gibson back when he was younger. And I remember like a couple of years ago, it came on, 
came on TV, you know, on, on Sky, and I thought, oh, man, Max. And it had this rating on it. It was R18. I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't know if I should watch this. But I watched it anyway. <laughs> so I watched it, and I was shocked after watching this movie. You know why I was shocked? Because this movie was rated R18. Today, that same movie will be classified M for mature audience. And I was shocked because nothing on there actually offended me because we have become desensitized. We've become numb. We've become indifferent. The things that used to offend us no longer offend us anymore. And we've got to be careful, especially, uh, especially as we begin to make our way in life and what we reflect to our children, those around us, right? And, and that we don't, just because everyone else is doing it doesn't mean we should. So how do we live in a world that's constantly pushing against us in the opposite direction where we know that God is, is directing us, has a plan and purpose for our life, but the world seems to be pushing us back. How are, we, how are we supposed to live in such a world? And what does this look like? And the answer is, in the book of Hebrews, we've been talking about that, the answer is Jesus, that Jesus is better. That Jesus, and the, and the more we spend with our time with Jesus, the more the love of Jesus will transform us. And that is the key. We begin to reflect the heart of God, and that's what the book of Hebrews is all about. So let's get into book of Hebrews chapter 13, verse 1. And I love how it starts. It starts like this. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. And it's like, wow, well, okay, yep, that's, that's amazing. But do you know how profound that statement is alone? Because did you know that, 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 that the Christians living in the first century, they were seen as being weird and strange. You know, Christians in the first century were seen as being weird and strange. You know why they, they because the things they did were strange. It was weird, it was, it was crazy. Do you know why? Because they treated everybody around them as if they were family. They treated people around them as if they were like immediate family, as if they were their brothers and sisters, because in the first century, you only treated your family members, your close relatives, with kindness and grace. And everybody else, it's, it's, it's a doggy dog, dog world out there. It's all up to you. But these Christians, oh my gosh, they, 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 treat, they treated people that, that society forgot about and didn't care about. And they loved and cared them as if they were their own brother and sister, as if that they were their mom and dad. And this is what this Christian society was doing. And, and, and the book of Hebrews is saying, come on. Keep on, keep on loving one another as you have always been doing this. Keep on doing this. We've been called to be countercultural. Just because everyone else doesn't care about people, just because, people uh, just because society has forgotten people doesn't mean we should. We are to love people as we are to love ourselves. What does it mean to love our neighbor? It means to, it's, a love, it's, it's to love the people in our society that, that the economy has left behind. And that's what it means to be countercultural. Or do we do what everyone else does and just walk by? And this is what, it's just straight off the bat, says, the, the writer of Hebrews says, come on. This is who we're called to be. We're countercultural. When, when we, when, the more time we spend with Jesus, the more we begin to see everybody like Jesus died for them. Then he goes on, verse 2. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, 
For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Now, he's not saying this because you, you never know. That could be an angel. That's not what, what this writer is saying. The writer is, re, is, is referring to this, this story back in the Old Testament when Abraham and Sarah were entertaining angels. They didn't even know it. The point is this, is that we're, that we're supposed to welcome everyone, regardless of who they are, strangers, people that are not part of your family or people that you don't even like. A people group that you don't even like, well, this is what the writer is saying. Come on, welcome them in. Treat them like family. This is what it means to be countercultural. When the world begins to push against us, it, 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 it means to be gracious to one another. Because how we treat people is actually a reflection of what, of, of what we feel about ourselves. Because when we understand that God rescued us from the depths, then we can't help but be more gracious. We can't help but be more loving. So how do we treat people around us? Because that's really a reflection of what's going on inside of here. And if we're treating people like how everyone else is treating them, if we're treating people like how society is treating them, that means we're not reflecting the heart of God. So what does that mean for us? We need to be in His presence. Verse 3, continue to remember those in prison, prison as if you were together with them in prison. Those who are ill-treated as if, as if you yourselves were suffering. So imagine what, what's it like being in prison. This is what the writer's saying. Imagine like if you were in prison. You know how, imagine that. Imagine that. And, and how would you feel in prison? You'll feel forgotten. Society's moved on. You're, you're, you're incarcerated. You're, 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 society's moved on. So who are the people around you that society has forgotten? And, the, and here we have it again. Come on, let's continue to love one another. Let's continue to reflect the heart of God. Let's not, be, let, let, let's not just become numb to what's going on and what, what, whatever's been thrown and, and what we read in the media. Because, oh, you know, what we hear from other people, oh, you know, if they can't look after themselves, why is it my responsibility? See, when we begin to get, be influenced by those kind of thoughts, those kind of things, we get numb when we see it around us and we, because we get desensitized. We, we become indifferent. Then it goes on in verse 4. Marriage should be honored by all. Marriage should be honored by all. Not, not just mar- honored between husband and wife, but also that means that if you're, if you're not married to someone, you've got to honor that marriage. Not try to go, I'm going to see if I can squeeze in. Marriage should be honored by all, and marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexual immoral. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. See, our social media feeds, our news feeds, our entertainment, our, our, our movies, they're saturated with sex, power, money, and suffering. It's, in fact, it's what a lot of people think makes the world go around. We just, we're bombarded with it. But did you know the pagan world in the first century was every bit as sexually promiscuous as the Western world is in the 21st century? Yet here in the closing chapters of the book of Hebrews, here in chapter 13, we find sex, power, money, suffering, and Jesus. See, Christians are called today as they were back then. To be deeply counter-cultural. 
I mean, how many lotto ads do we see on TV? Oh my gosh, if I, and we start imagining, if I won lotto, oh my gosh, my life will be so much better. And all of a sudden, society's pushing out there. What's the answer to all our problems? Money. In reality, we know deep down, money is not the answer to all our problems. Because how many celebrities do we know that, are, that take their life because money was never the answer? Fame was never the answer. How many people we know who won lotto will go on and there's a lot of despair after that? Because what's, when, when, when sex, power, and money become your God, you know what you're left with? Suffering. Suffering. And you know, society does more, uh, does, does, does more to, to entice us to bait us to the edge of disaster with, with infidelity. Watch it in our movies, all these, all these romance movies that are out there, regardless if they're married or not. Hey, come over here, the grass is greener on this side. It, it baits us to the edge of disaster. And then when someone actually does it, when someone is actually unfaithful, we're shocked, we're horrified, and, and we point the finger at them. And yet in society, we, we, we put this image out there, hey, it's all, it's all good to dance to the edge unless you, until you fall off. The edge. Just because everyone else is doing it doesn't mean you should. Just because everyone else is talking about it doesn't mean you should. Just because everyone else is smoking it, drinking it, using it doesn't mean you should. So what's the answer? What's the answer? And I love what it says here. Because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. The Lord saves Jesus. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? See, what's the answer? It's Jesus. See, I find that when I'm baited by the world to the edge of disaster, it's because my relationship with Jesus has gotten cold. So what is it for you? What areas in your life will you feel societies or, or life is pulling you to the edge of disaster? What is it for you? Because whatever that area is, then you, we, need to, we need to get closer to Jesus. Because the more we're closer with Jesus, the more our life is transformed. Verse 7, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their ways of life and imitate their faith. Imitate their faith. See, if you want to be, become better with your finances, hang out, hang out with people who are further down the track than you. Right? If you want to, if you want to do, if you want to, um, if you want to be better at surfing, hang out with people who are better at surfing than you. This is why we have connect groups. Wherever you are in your walk with Christ, you know, get around, surround yourself with people who are further down the track with you where we can encourage one another and, and, uh, and, and hold each other accountable and love one another and, and, and continue to, to worship God together. Verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. See, this is the key to be counter-cultural, to be kingdom-minded, that, that if your faith is rooted in Jesus, then none of the forces that blow us off track shall harm us. When my life, the more I'm with Jesus, because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, the more I'm with Jesus, the more I begin to overcome. The, the more that things come my way, I, I, it doesn't blow me off track. And the writer of Hebrews is encouraging you that Jesus is far better. 
Don't give up. Hold on. Yes, the reality is the forces out there in the world is pushing against you. And it's not easy and it's hard. The, the, the writer of Hebrews understands where you are right now. He understands the pressures that you are feeling right now. And he's encouraging. Come on, the answer is Jesus. The answer is Jesus. Verse 9, do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. It, it is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace, not by eating ceremonial foods, which is of no benefit. And then it goes all the way down to 14. He's talking about Jewish practices. Jewish rituals and all these Jewish law, Torah, talking about, about Torah observant. The writer said, hey, don't, Jesus is better. And, and, he's, and, and the writer of Hebrews has, been, has, been, has literally been talking about this whole thing, about, hey, don't, don't be sidetracked and go back to this old ways. Jesus is far better. These Old Testament, they were just, that Jesus is a fulfillment of all that, pointing towards him. Because what was, what was happening, the church, the early church were all Jewish Christians. The first church were Jewish Christians. And the first church were under huge persecutions. Huge, huge persecutions by, the, by, by Jews around them were persecuting them. But then the Romans got on the act. And they thought they'll, they'll join in with the fun as well. But here's the thing. During that time, the Jewish populace at that time weren't being persecuted at that time. This is, this, the book of Hebrews was written before 70 AD, before the rebellion, before all of that, if you know your history, and things like this. And so, and so there was this huge pressure for for, for Jewish Christians to, to, to give up Jesus because the Romans were putting pressure. If you're, you're a Christian, yeah, we, 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 need some, we need some more light parties. We've got light parties here. Well, the Romans had their own light parties where the Christians were the lights that were burning uh, flame. You know, and so there was this pressure to, to, to give up Christianity and go back to being a Jew. At least I'll be safe here. At least I won't be persecuted here. And the writer of, of, of Hebrews is encouraging, no, hold on to Jesus. Even amongst your persecution, Jesus is far better. And he, and he says to you, for we here in the 21st century, living in a society that when we say that we're Christians, almost being a Christian is, is like a bad word. You're, oh, that guy's a Christian. Oh, my gosh. Come, you know, uh, in, in fact, we, now, and, and we have exactly the same kind of issues, don't we? Like, uh, like you know, hey, hey everybody, what would you get up into the week, in the weekend? Oh, I went fishing. I don't want to stand with the church. I want everybody to know I'm a Christian. And oh my gosh, I don't want any persecution. Well, the writer of Hebrews is saying, come on, Jesus is better. Hold on to Jesus. Hold on to Jesus. When everything else is pushing against you, calling you to give it up, hold on to Jesus. Verse 15, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, a the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. Come on, let's profess his name. And whenever uh, society's pushing against us, let's not be afraid of the name of Jesus because the Lord saves. And there's people in society that needs to know that. And if we're afraid, how will they know? The fruit of the lips that openly profess his name. And do not forget to do Good and to share with others for with, sac with such sacrifices God is pleased with it. And the writer here is quoting from Micah 6, verse 8, and it's, the, uh, and it's this idea of what God really wants that the sacrifice that really pleases God is not all the rituals, but it's to love those around you, to do good, to be righteous to those, to do right by those around you, to love you, 
those that society has forgotten, that the economy has moved on from. You know what? You want to honor God? It's not just in your rituals. You honor God by honoring people. Because when you honor people, you honor God. And this is what the writer is reminding us, bringing back Micah 6.8. Then the writer of Hebrew ends his letter with this great blessing. Verse 20 says, Now may the, the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, Equip you with everything good for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen? Amen. It's always good to, uh, to use our, um, our, English, our, our English, or I should say our Kiwi accents from time to time. Amen? Anyway. <laughs> okay, amen then. Okay, here we go. If we read... And I love this because the writer, he's, he's, he's bringing the letter to a close, his letter, and he's reminding us again. He's reminding us that Jesus is the king of kings by saying the good shepherd, that he is the good shepherd. He is the shepherd of the sheep, that he is the king of kings. And this king, this king laid down his life for you. That's the kind of king we serve. That Jesus completed the works on the cross so that we can receive his works. That's that that my, our salvation, the Lord saves, our salvation is not based upon anything we do or not do. Because it's the Lord that saves, not me. I can't save myself if I tried. But because of what he did, and we receive his work. And when we receive his work because of what he did for me, we discover purpose. And when we discover purpose, God begins to equip us. We begin to see those around us like how, as He sees them, as, as, as that Jesus died for them. And when we get closer to Jesus, He transforms our heart. And, and, and when we're like, oh, I don't know if I can speak, I don't know if I can share to my friends, those around you, but let the love of God transform you. And He will equip you. He will give you the words to say, or, or, or he, will, he will direct you. Which is why we have these great organizations like East West College. I encourage you to get in there, do some study, and you'll discover purpose. So what does this mean for us? It means that you have a choice in society. You have a choice. You can be an echo and just copy the behaviors of this world and just be indifferent or you can be a voice of who God has called you to be. Be a voice and not an echo. See, God doesn't just call you out of this world, but he puts you in the world to right where you are, in your workplace, in your place of education, in your community, so you can build the kingdom of God around you. Because you have been called to be the light of the world. How is the world different because you exist? How is the world different because you exist? And I love saying this because here's the thing. You can't change the world, but you can change someone's world. You are the answer to someone's prayer. Be a voice and not an echo. And I... <laughs> 
I love telling this story because it's, and sometimes I try not to say it too often in church because I've heard this story again. But it's so true because this is an experience that many of us feel and we've experienced it ourselves. And this is me as a, as a young Christian working, going to work, starting my, my new job. And on the first night, I'm, I'm, I'm working on this night shift with me and this senior guy. And I get told, whatever you do, don't tell this guy that you're a Christian because he hates Christians. Right? And I was going, okay, thanks for that. And I turn up to work, and this guy is in his 50s. He's really old now, just kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting close to that age. One of the... <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny when you're younger. When you're younger, it seems really, really old. Now I'm closer to that age, and I'm like, ah, it's not that old. <laughs> you, you know, your perspective changes. It changes with time. Way back then, I thought, this guy was really old. Now I'm thinking, ah, he's quite young. This guy, he, he, you know, his name is, uh, his name is Taggart. I'll just give his last name because it's, it's a real common name, Taggart. <laughs> his name is Taggart. And he, he's, a, he's an ex-British national. He hates the royal family and everything. And I rock up to work and he says to me, first thing he says to me, and he goes, so you're a Christian? I was like, what? <laughs> and he goes, do you know what I think about Christians? Right? And here's the thing. Many of us in this room, we've experienced this in some form or another. And he says, you know what I think about Christians? And I was going, well, I don't really want to know. I don't really care what you think. Well, I said that. I didn't say it, of course, because I'm just this young fella. Who am I? Yeah. And he says, you know what I think about Christians? Christians are the, and he's swearing as he's saying these words. He said, they're the biggest backstabbers. They're the biggest hypocrites. They're the biggest liars. You know, the, and the problem with this world is because of Christians. And he's going on and on and on. Then, he's, then he ends it by saying this, so what do you think about that? And you're like, I'm just meeting this guy for the first time. And I'm on the night shift with him. I'm beginning my shift. I'm just a young fella who loves Jesus. And so I just said to him, Tag it. You are right. And he's like, because you know, you know, Christians are the biggest liars, biggest backstabbers, biggest hypocrites. And I listed all those things. You know, Christians are these things. And he said, to, and then I said to him, Do you know how I know this tagger? And he goes, How? And because because I'm the biggest liar. I'm the biggest hypocrite. I'm the biggest backstabber. And that's why I'm going to church. Because I'm trying to do something about it. What are you doing about it? And he just looked at me. And he said, come on, let's go to work. <laughs> you know, Taggart, we went on to be really close friends. In fact, he became my supporter and when it came for a new team leader for that area, he was the most senior guy in that whole area, but he put my name forward. And he put his weight behind me. And, and at that time, I became the youngest team leader in the mail center that they've ever, ever known. And, and they used to call that place Hotel California, if you know the reference. <laughs> when you, when you, once you get in, you never leave. But anyway, but here's the thing. Being a follower of Jesus in a world that, that doesn't like Christians doesn't mean that we have to be mean when society throws things in our face. It doesn't mean that we're better than anyone else because we have the same struggles as everyone else. But here's the thing. We have found a better way. 
Jesus. Actually, he found us. See, when you find yourself stranded in the desert of life, follow Jesus. Because he's the only one that knows the way out. Be a voice and not an echo.